There is nothing. Only warm, primordial blackness. Your conscious ferments in it. No larger than a single grain of malt. You don't have to do anything anymore. Ever. Never. Ever. Hello there, and welcome to the Sweet 16 episode of PlayStation Pals, a video game podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Tommy to my Joel, John. Mm. Now, John, what are your thoughts on the month of October? We know that you hated August, (laughs) but what about October? How do you feel about it? Uh, Top tier month, man. Uh, Top tier, I think fall is the best season. October is probably the most fall-feeling season. I like horror movies. I like being scared. So I, I got nothing bad to say about October. That's for wow. sure. Wow. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Because that is in fact true. It is the best month. So yeah. Uh, and that's what we're doing here. We're gonna shepherd everyone into October because it's here. October is already here. I can't believe it. I, uh, I I just gotta say I gotta make sure June gets a little bit of love. June June may make a run for its money, but. Uh, Ugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too hot. Yeah, but I was born then. I was God's gift to Earth on June 4th. Oh, my God. The <laughs> ego on this guy. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, we have, we have some things to talk about. But before I get into the format of the show, we have two smaller news items. Uh, the first one being that PlayStation Stars, in which they showed off those fancy digital items back in uh, the state of play. It is, it's out in Asia right now. You, if you're in Asia, including Japan, you have access to it. Uh, oh, North, man. <laughs> North and South America will be October 5th. And then the rest of the, rest of the world will be October 13th. So, um, How is that not just blowing up the internet right now? How are people <laughs> not talking about <laughs> PlayStation stars? It's crazy. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, we'll have access yeah. to it uh, next week. So I, I kind of want to save the discussion until we yep. can actually see it in the app for ourselves. There are some screenshots out there of your display case and whatnot. But uh, just be on the lookout. So definitely sign up for it because um, it's free. And it just gets you reward points. So. Mm-hmm. And then the other small news item is that Skull, skull and Bones. Uh, they heard about Suicide Day as we coined the term, you know, <laughs> the day before uh, God of War Ragnarok, November 8th. Uh, so they were like, let's get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, they delayed it to March 9th of 2023. Poor yeah, man, I, Ubisoft. I think that game, I'm just going to make a prediction right now, that game will sell 11 copies on its first day. <laughs> I have, you want, you I want to make a bet? Uh, yeah, man, you're, you're taking the under on that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so not not shocking, I think, as we have mentioned, that game, it, it just still doesn't look good. So more time will we'll only benefit it. So I got to ask you too, Nick. You mentioned this to me today, another maybe potential small piece of news. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it, but you said there was a certain actor that was uh, that tweeted something that quickly got taken <laughs> down, right? What do we want to share with the audience what that is just in case they might want to keep a keep that copy of the game that they have? Yeah, yeah. So uh I didn't I didn't see the tweet. It was deleted by the time uh, I saw the post about it, but Lance Riddick uh, who plays Silence in the Horizon franchise? He tweeted out a picture, I guess, and a, a 
quote that said that he is working, he's doing more uh, facial capture for Horizon Forbidden West DLC. So, mm. <laughs> whoops. Yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, you know, I, I think everybody kind of expected that there would be some DLC for that game. The first one got it, and it's, you know, uh, it seems a, oh, that open world formula is a very easy format to adjust to and make some new areas and, you know, make it just a new biome or whatever. So, you know, everybody just keep keep your copies of Horizon if you enjoyed it, you want to play a little bit more. But I would expect to see some DLC probably at some point next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Are you excited about it? If the if there is, this is not official, of course. So I, right, pure speculation. Uh, yes, I mean it's fan, Horizon Forbidden West was fantastic. It's you know don't I think everybody's already kind of exhausted all the points that they had on it. You know, it's open world, the best version of that. So sure, more of it is good. I just. I never played the Frozen Wilds because when it came out and I tried to go back to it, I, I forgot how to play. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like <laughs> relearning it. And again, like, you know, I'm playing, well, I'm not playing Far Cry 6 right now, but like that style of open world game, that scratch can be itched in many, many different ways. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it would probably be one that I would wait because I think it would eventually come to extra or essential or something. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't see myself buying it when it comes out. But, you know, I... I more horizon is always a good thing in my mind, I guess. Yeah, I'm curious as to what they can do differently because, as you mentioned, the the kind of the setting change was the the big thing in the first DLC for the first game, and then in this game they have all the different biomes. So I would be curious well, as to what. I mean, here's uh, a thought. Like you know, I, I obviously we don't know what Horizon Three is going to be. I think it's pretty much guaranteed there will be one. And so you know, do we go to a different continent? And perhaps if we do, you know, I could see something like Hawaii or Alaska or something like that that kind of bridges into you know going over to Asia or or whatever if that were the case. But I could see something like that maybe. I don't and, know. And I just had a thought. I wonder. I wonder if this will be like a Miles Morales thing. Do you think that they might do like a separate standalone thing that technically is kind of DLC, but maybe a little longer, maybe like a 15 hour horizon project? Maybe you don't even play as, you know, Aloy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think what I think they'll want to keep it Aloy, at least, just because they also have Call of the Mountain coming out for VR, and that's going to kind of be that, True. you know, separate Horizon story. And they have the movie that they're, you know, or I, I can't remember if it was a movie it's or a show. TV show. It's a show. Okay. Yeah. So they got that coming, so I don't know if they want to bombard everybody with too much newness when it comes to that. I, I would bet it's probably just your standard DLC like the Frozen Wilds was, but... Um, you know, this is a new Sony who likes to, you know, do that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's it's possible. But I, I would put my money on just a regular good old DLC. Right, right. All right. Well, yeah, that's something to keep in eye out for. Again, it was never officially announced. It's just the tweet from Lance Riddick. So, yep. uh, so you know, it may never happen. Who knows? Um, he, he could be working on the third game for all he knows. <laughs> Maybe he got <laughs> <Right>. confused. <laughs> right. He has no idea what he's doing there. <laughs> so, all right. So now we can move on to the, the format of the show. And if you're just joining it, joining us, this is how it works. Uh, we each bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a topic, a Reddit thread, uh, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. Twitter DMs at PSPalsPod. Any of those things, whatever we feel like talking about we will bring it. Um, and given that we're shepherding everyone into October, let's uh, give everyone a preview of what they'll be playing or what they can be playing. So John, mm-hmm. do you want to start us off? 
It's that time of month, folks. It's that time of month. PlayStation is letting us know what yeah the free games will be for the essential tier. Uh, right off the bat, I gotta say I'm a little bit annoyed with Sony. How sometimes we get just the essentials, sometimes we get the essentials and extra. And you know when you're you're reporting the news and paying attention to the industry, it gets a little bit annoying where you know you never know when you're gonna get the, <laughs> that stuff. But I digress. Um, so this month we got uh, three games as usual. Uh, the first game, probably the you know the one that they're promoting the most, being that it's the PS5 game, is Hot Wheels Unleashed, uh, and this is a game that came out uh, last year, uh, made by Milestone Games. Um, you know, look them up because I wasn't familiar with the team, but they are definitely a racing team. They've done a lot of those mid-market racing games like uh, MotoGP 22, like the Monster Energy Supercross, Ride Four. Or things like that so you know they're, they're definitely experienced in this uh, this niche but um, it's your standard kart racer but obviously with a Hot Wheels aesthetic you know you're going along the orange tracks that I think we all you know are very familiar with from our childhood um, and I think it's you know actually received pretty well IGN gave this game a nine um, you know not so not that they're the end-all be-all of reviewers but I think they know a thing or two about video games over there so you know it's probably something that if you're into kart racers you have a soft spot for Mario Kart or um, you know things like that um, be, it should be a good time um, so we got that coming uh, and then we got some big PS4 games. At least once upon a time, they were big PS4 games. They're a little, a little bit older uh, this go around. But we're getting Injustice 2 uh, from NetherRealm Studios. Uh, you know, the makers of the Mortal Kombat franchise. Um, but so this is basically Mortal Kombat, with, but with superheroes, right? So. Um, you know, if you're into fighting games, if you're into the this, this superhero thing, then this is definitely going to be something you want to check out. Uh, Nick, did you play Injustice, the Injustice games? I, I can't remember if you have or not. Yeah, I, I bought this when it came out. Um, okay. I, again, as we've mentioned, we're not very good at fighting games, but uh, this one does have a really good single-player story, and the, the facial animation in this is just is incredible. It's one of the best I've ever seen. So it does have a fun single-player campaign that's not too too difficult so even if you're fighting games you're not you're not going to jump online and fight other people at least the single player campaign is fun and enjoyable so well i think we might have to have a couple matches against each other nick and and see you know see how we <laughs> see how we do against each other because uh yeah i don't think either of us consider ourselves to be experts in fighting games so that might be might be fun but mm -hmm. um and then the last game that we're getting is a uh, 2016 game uh, from, you know, the aptly named uh, Super Hot Team. Uh, that game is obviously Super Hot. Um, this is a game that I, pl I played it in VR, and it's one of the most most fun game that's horrible grammar the funnest <laughs> games that I've played in VR, um, where basically the, the premise of it is, you know, think of yourself as John Wick in this weird polygonal world where time only moves if you move. So at least in VR, I can't speak to playing it with a, co a controller because this version that we're getting, is, as far as I can see, is only the PS4 version. The, the VR version was a separate SKU, um, so I don't think we're getting that if you have a VR uh, unit, but at least... Uh, you'll get the PS4 one, but when when you're playing this game, yeah, time moves when you move. So in VR, you can kind of like stand still, scope out the area. It almost operates like a puzzle game where you know you can kind of see your enemies ahead of you. They're going to shoot at you, and then you know as the bullet starts to come towards you, you can start to duck out of the left, duck down, use your guns to block the bullet. Uh, if you're close enough to the enemies, you can reach out. At least again in VR, grab their gun, use it against them. Grab. It's just 
super, super fun uh, to try and figure out a way to, you know, get rid of all the enemies. And when you do it, you feel like an absolute badass. You feel like you're John Wick or Neo from The Matrix or, I guess, any other Keanu Reeves property. <laughs> and, um yeah, it's just super fun. So, you know, it, it, I think it's one of those games that a lot of people, if they're unfamiliar with what it is, will write off immediately just based on the way it looks. Because, again, I'm looking at a picture. It's just a red polygonal dude in a white background. But um, super fun. Uh, I would recommend that game if, you, if you're looking for something a little bit unique. And but, doesn't uh, at the end of every level just plays it out like a giant <laughs> video so you get to see how cool you look and just all in real time? Uh, the VR version didn't. Um, oh. It, it might it might on the you know the the flat screen version you know and it could have been a thing where like in a VR space that would look really weird and trippy if you were kind of like all mm -hmm. of a sudden like a floating camera but um, I could see that lending itself to it it really nicely um, but you know and then after you beat every level it goes super hot and it's I don't know it's really fat, uh, satisfying <laughs> um, so yeah um, pretty pretty decent month I wouldn't say it's anything amazing you know we got two games that are over five years old and a Hot Wheels game, but you know, it's a nice, it's a nice variety fighting game, racing game, shooting game um, so yeah, you know um, check them out, man mm -hmm. yeah, pretty solid yeah, no horror games though, which boo yeah, it's, I, I, no, I saw a lot of people online that thought it would have been better to, I think we got Little Nightmares like two months ago or something, Is save that for October, put like, you know super hot in there or something, but Lots of behind-the-scenes dealings and things that us, you know, uh, us common folk have no idea about. So, um, but yeah, would have would have been nice. Maybe maybe we'll get an extra game. That's yeah. a, a, a yeah. scary thing. So yeah. All right. Yeah. So those will be available Tuesday. Yes. October fourth. Yep. Okay. Yep, the fourth. Cool. All right. So moving on, we're also going to give you guys a preview of the the big games that are coming out in October. Um, there's not a lot, which I'm kind of shocked about, but uh, so what we'll do is I'll just list it off. We'll talk about our interest level in it, what our thoughts are, and then we'll move on to the next one. So uh, the, first, the first one also coming out on October 4th is Overwatch 2. This mm. is an interesting one because this is a free-to-play game. Overwatch will no longer cost money. Overwatch 1 won't exist at all. Uh, it'll convert to Overwatch 2, which will be free to play. It'll have, you know, your typical trappings of season pass and loot boxes. That'll all still be there. But um, what do you think of this, John? <laughs> this has kind well, of been under the radar. A sequel to a Blizzard game and one of the biggest games of, you know, when it initially came out, you know, years and years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but real quiet now. <laughs> That was literally going to be my first comment, is this, this game, Overwatch 1, uh, it won Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Like mm -hmm. it, it won the 2016 Game of the Year Awards, and I have not heard a single person say that they're excited for this, that they're ready for it, that, oh my god, I only have 10 days till Overwatch 2, whatever the case is. And I think that speaks loudly than anything else could, louder than anything else could, where, you know... I, I don't know if anybody is, is jazzed about the direction that Blizzard took with this game. And, and I think you can probably speak on this a lot more than I can. I never really played the first one. It's, it's mm -hmm. not my style, and I know, but I know you loved it. Mm -hmm. And from everything I've seen is it looks the same. It plays the same. You don't really get many new characters at all. They've talked about this single-player version, which we haven't seen anything of. So I... Um, 
I can see this being a game that comes out like a fart in the wind, and then maybe in a year or two, after they've given it a good amount of support and updates and things like that, it's finally in a good spot. But um, yeah, I, I don't have a good vibe or feeling about this one for whatever reason. Right. Yeah, I, and I'll put I love this game in quotes because <laughs> I did play it a lot when it came out. Because um, nobody loves Overwatch. They just put up with it. <laughs> no, I really did love it, uh, but yeah. it was a team game. It's based on you know team gameplay, and uh, I this is I, I'll just share this story now. The reason I stopped playing Overwatch is because I snapped the disc in half. That's how angry <laughs> the game got me. So that was that was a while ago. I, that was before even Hammond came out. So a lot of the changes to Overwatch, I just don't know. A lot of the new characters, the role cues, all that stuff, I just never experienced it because I was done with the game at that point. Uh, uh, how I, what I would have given to be a fly on the wall in that moment. <laughs> I don't even remember what it did. I, I just probably lost horribly. You know, we're just just getting killed constantly or something, you know, or just uh, having a shitty team. But yeah, yeah, so that was also a, okay, you don't need to be playing this game if you get that angry, you know, like yeah. it, it was very a gut check. Yeah. Very so, mature. So I haven't been, been very immature by snapping the disc, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't been back. Um, this will be interesting because, like I said, it is free to play, so it, 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 I can check it out. Um, I was about to ask, are you planning on downloading this on October 4th? I don't know. I don't know if I'll – I'll probably will check it out now that I think about it. Uh, yeah. Maybe play a few matches and then be like, oh, that's that's Overwatch, and then just bounce mm -hmm. right back out. But uh, uh, we'll see. It, it is just, like I said, an interesting – because, you know, Blizzard games, you know, they don't come out very often, so you right. would think they're, the fanfare would be out there for this game. But, uh, you know. I, Blizzard is a stinky team right now, man. They're super <laughs> stinky. You know, they got, what, Diablo Immortal. Diablo 4 is, you know, taking forever. Obviously, we know, you know, World of Warcraft is at probably an all-time low. And, uh, yeah, they, they got a lot of goodwill to earn back, I think. Yeah, for sure. And... Uh, they do. This will have a PVE because that uh, that is another thing that you'll be paying for is like the PVE content. But I don't think they're they've really showed it yet. So or any kind of single player content. So weird. Um, yeah, this will this will be one to watch. So maybe we'll we'll have some thoughts once it comes out and everyone's playing it. So all right. So that's that. And then we go all the way to October eighteenth to a Plague Tale Requiem. I am I am I am psyched for this, nice. as we, as we as we know, <laughs> yeah. from, from my thoughts on a Plague Tale Innocence. So, um, which you still have to get through, John. It's on the list. It was on the wheel. The wheel <laughs> the wheel told me to not play it right now, but okay. um, yeah, it is. You know, I played I think the first two or three chapters of the first one, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's narrative focused for sure, but. From everything I've heard from you and other people, is uh, you know I think the sequel has a lot of potential, and if they can make the combat maybe a little more interesting and refined, then I think this could be a definite sleeper hit of the fall for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to avoid like any content on this because I just don't want to spoil for me. But they've been hyping up all their Dual Sense integration and everything. Mm -hmm. They've had a you know they've been on the PlayStation blog hyping up you know all the PlayStation Five features they're bringing to the game. So. Um, It'll be great, and like I said, I'm definitely getting it, and uh, so we'll have thoughts then and talk more about it. So Sweet. Also coming out that day is Gotham Knights from Eidos Montreal, the makers of Batman Arkham Origins, 
way back. I think that was 2014. So <laughs> been a while yeah. since their last game. Uh, and we kind of briefly talked about this when I was playing Marvel Avengers because uh, this game looks a lot like that, but is trying to say that it's not a live service game and that it's just a co-op game with loot. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what to think about this one. <laughs> I want it to be good because I'd love to play a uh, Batman game. But uh, what about you, John? Any any thoughts on this one? Uh, this is a it has to prove it to me game. Um, I really really liked you know Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. I I enjoyed, but you know I think without even saying the issues I had with it, you can probably guess you know Batmobile stuff was a little heavy. But I don't know, man. I, th I this one just. You know, sometimes in the video game world, and I, I think anybody who truly analyzes the video game industry or likes games like we do, you kind of just sometimes look at something and you can't quite put your finger on it, or there's just a, a, a little bit something off about a, pro a property or project, and this is definitely one of those where, you know, I don't personally have any attachment to any of these characters, Was it's Robin... Um, Help me out, Nick. Batgirl. <laughs> uh, Nightwing and uh, Red Hood. Right. I don't have any attachment to any of those characters. Um, it's been so long since I was in the Arkham universe that um, I just I need them to show me that this is uh, at least fun to play. Because everything I've seen, you know, combat-wise, they showed us a little bit of that Harley Quinn boss fight. It, it seems very meat and potatoes to me. It's very just kind of the same old thing where you're just going through Arkham just getting mob mob after mob or or whatever the case and and you know hey this is our character who has ranged attack this is our character who's acrobatic this is our character who's a a tank and this is our character who's you know a little bit of everything so um i think if you play it and you say it's good or it comes out and it's you know in that like 80 mid 80s range i might check it out but um with god of war around the corner as much as i'm digging a game we're about to talk about and some other things that i want to get through i i don't i don't think i'd get to this for a very long time Right, right. I kind of consider this, I kind of have this rule of like Black Friday games. It's like, what games do I want to play immediately? And what games do I want to play, but I can wait? And, and what I think will be probably not very expensive when Black Friday comes off, or at least severely discounted. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, Ubisoft games are notorious for this. I, I got Watch Dogs Legion and Immortals Phoenix Rising for dirt cheap, you know, months yeah. after release. And uh, same thing with this. I think, you know... I'm with you. If it reviews an 80 or above, I will probably definitely play it at that point. But I probably still wait and just wait till it goes on sale and then pick it up. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this is more Guardians of the Galaxy and less like you know, like it's it's it, like it's a sleeper hit where everybody's right. kind of like not very hyped on it coming out and then it comes out and people are like, holy shit, this is like actually legit. And right. and I think even Guardians, which came out October of last year, also. Uh, was thirty dollars by Black Friday, so right. yeah. um, and that's a great game that I think just you know just didn't catch fire. So I, I could see the same thing happening with this. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I'll definitely have my eyes on it. Well, right. and especially for you, it's it's really easy because you know what do you want to play more, Nick? Gotham Knights or Playtale? I mean, that's <laughs> that's really the only question you have to answer at least immediately. So I mean, I love Arkham Combat, but I don't like right. loot in numbers. So. Right. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, you know, you get to it when you get to it. Yep, exactly. All right. And then moving further into the month on October 21st, we have new Tales from the Borderlands 
John, since you played the previous game, I'll let you take this one. This is from Gearbox, not Telltale this time, as we mentioned uh, previously. But uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on this one? You never played Tales from the Borderlands? Nope. Oh man. Okay. Um, I don't have a you know a ton to say about this. You know, Telltale games have always been good, but not my not my style of game typically. But out of every uh, every property I've done with them, Tales from the Borderlands was by far my favorite. Wolf Among Us probably in a close second, but um, at least when it was done by Telltale, you know the humor is always contentious in the Borderlands series, but I think they nailed it with the last one. Um, told a genuinely good story with with characters that you know were funny um, and you were happy to have along for the ride with. And so if they can kind of hit the same vibe, um, I'm definitely you know would want to check it out. I think we're just kind of needing to you know we're still waiting to see if this Telltale style game can kind of revitalize itself. You know, Telltale infamously. Um, you know, imploded on itself a couple of years back. And so, um, you know, if Gearbox is able to replicate what they did with it, if they can, you know, uh, get the humor and, and whatnot, I, I think it could be, could be good, but jury is going to be out on that one. Um, you know, being that we are kind of now going to start getting into these like Wolf Among Us twos and, and new tales from the borderlands mm-hmm. and, and see if the next chapter of these type of games is, it's as good as the first one was because, you know, I know I, The Walking Dead Season 1 is one of those, you know, real held high games. And, um, you know, hopefully they can they can continue with that. Right. I just hope, you know, like Telltale Games, you know, they, the best ones have the best writing. But all those games always ran poorly. Like they were mm-hmm. always like framey and whatnot. And, and then the game. Crashes are horrible. And then, and then the gameplay itself was always the weakest part. You just walked around and examined yeah. things and stuff. You never really, like. There's nothing much more to do. And yeah, then, who likes to do that in video games? <laughs> Don't listen to me for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, like the choices really don't matter very much. And I, I'm curious as to what they'll change from that Telltale formula. And what what will make this stand out as yeah, um, as we move into like you said, this next era of these story-based games. I, th- I think as long as they can, like you said, not have it run poorly, increase the you know the fidelity graphics, all that stuff, and just keep it kind of how it was, I think they'll at least have a a niche audience that really really wants to check their stuff out, and you know that might bleed into the the more casual people uh, mm-hmm. that don't really like that stuff. So if that, if they can nail that, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. All right, and then moving on to October twenty eighth, the big Call of Duty game, Modern Warfare two, will be coming out. Um, just a preview of ahead. I played the beta and have some thoughts, but that will be talked about later. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, John, we know your thoughts. You, unless your friend coach talks you into this, yep. uh, you're you will just be on the sidelines on this one. I, I, you know, I think a lot of people do this where they they convince themselves that oh, it's been a long time since I liked one. I should give this one a shot, and then you get it, and then you're like, nope, still not there. And so. I, I, this one has the best chance. The idea that this will be supported, you know, there's the rumor out there right now that there is no Call of Duty game next year for the first time in 18 years. Right. So the idea that this could be supported for two years is definitely enticing. Um, you know, the idea that there's not the wall running and the jetpacks and the, the things that they kind of adapted after Titanfall got popular, you know, back in the Advanced Wars Infinite War Day or Warfare Days. Um, you know, it, I, I'm optimistic, but no, I am not going to get it unless if my, my buddy Brian, uh, you know, wants to get it as well. So, Gotcha. 
All right. Things. And then yeah. the last thing is the Resident Evil 8 DLC, the Winter's Expansion. As we've talked about before, this is introducing the third person mode to the game. This will yeah. bring Lady D to the Mercenaries mode, and then it'll also uh, wrap up the Winter's story with, uh, what was his daughter's name? I don't even remember. Who cares? <laughs> I think it's Rose. Uh, it was Rose, yeah, it was okay. Rose. Um, and I didn't play Resident Evil 8, so I will defer to you, John, on what your thoughts on all this is. I think it's I think it's super awesome of Capcom to put the love and care into this game and series that they have. You know, it's pretty unheard of to have a complete perspective shift when it comes to DLC, let alone just any update to a game. So the fact that they're adding that in there is great because I, I do know a lot of people, and I, in fact, I believe you're one of them, Nick, that was a little not upset but just bummed out when they, they made the shift to first person and mm -hmm. really enjoyed that third person feel. So, you know, it could it allow people to, uh, you know, see the game in a different light. I wasn't crazy about Village when I played it. I um, I love Seven for context. I think Seven is probably my second favorite Resident Evil game after Four. Um, so I didn't I didn't hate the first person. I just really vibed with that setting. I really loved that house. That family it was gross, dirty, and you really felt kind of isolated. When this one, it just you bounced around so much between um, you know the the castle and then the the frog guy and and it's just nothing ever. Nothing, I, I feel like I wasn't in an area long enough to really kind of absorb into it. And so I hopefully, you know, either playing it in third person can kind of, you know, uh, revitalize it for me or the upcoming uh, VR, VR version of the game, you know, really get in there, really start seeing this stuff would, would breathe some new life into the game. But I, uh, I, I got to at least applaud Capcom for putting that level of, of support into a game that they released over a year ago at this point. Gotcha, but no, no interest in the story DLC. That no, no, that part of it, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I, I think Ethan Winters is very forgettable. I don't care about him and his story and his family. Um, but that being said, I've never like even like Leon and Jill, and I don't know if this is sacrilege to some people. I don't care about the stories in Resident Evil. I just want to you know kill some zombies and be scared. So yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there'll be any tease for the the future of the franchise, or whatever. Resident Evil 9 will be... Yeah, that's the doing. question, isn't it, man? I mean, do they stick in first person? Do they go back to third? Obviously, we know this is the end of the Winter Saga, so we're going to need some new characters. Do they go back to Jill and whatever, or do they go a new character again? So, yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, curious to see what they'll do with that. Okay. Well, and that's it. That's uh, That's all of... October, you know, it's kind of, kind of a little bit of a weak month for games, given we're we're in it. Well, it's that Call of Duty. People are scared of being in the Call of Duty zone, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, not bad though. Not bad. Yeah. Better better than August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, August and September were also pretty weak. So yeah. I don't even think we did really in <laughs> September preview. It was all PlayStation Plus extra games. You know, yeah, it was nothing wasn't else. Anything. So, all right. So that's it. Let's move on. All right. So, uh, as you frequent listeners will know, uh, last week I had to spin the wheel, and we had to figure out what the next game I was going to play was. And the wheel has been pretty cruel to us as uh, you know uh, 
uh, as we've had thus far. You know, we both picked <laughs> Death Stranding, both bounced off of Death Stranding. So uh, this last week it picked Disco Elysium for me, and I, I got to admit, I that was probably the last game on the list I really wanted it to pick, even though I had to throw it on there because <laughs> I just can't get this game out of my brain. Um, I'm happy to report, folks, the wheel did me a fucking solid. Uh, I have probably put... We'll say seven to eight hours into this game so far, and it's absolutely fantastic. I think it deserves every uh, applause that it's had thus far, and you know that could change again. I, it's a 25, 30-hour game, so I have a lot to go still, but I can already tell the outstanding writing that this game has, and you know I'll kind of get into some examples because really, to I think appreciate this game to the level that I am right now, you really do have to put in a little bit of work and just immerse yourself in it in a way that I at least don't typically do with video games. Um, so obviously the main carry in this game is the dialogue. You're doing a lot of reading. You're doing a lot of just talking to characters and learning about the world, world building and things like that. But uh, anybody who's familiar with the game kind of knows that the w unique twist on this game is a lot of the dialogue is carried internally between your, your character and your brain. And what I mean by that is, is your brain, you have these 24 different, we'll just call them characters because that's kind of what they are, characters and, and aspects of your brain that tell you and talk to you and behave to you in, in the way that they should. So for instance, right, my, my character is an intelligence build. And it, within the intelligence build, uh, there are, I believe it's five different um, attributes that kind of control how you interact throughout the world. Those attributes are uh, drama, logic, encyclopedia, and uh, concept conceptualization, and visual calculus. And on the surface, that seems overwhelming. <laughs> and that's, that's what I felt like when I first played the game, right? And you're like, what the fuck do these mean? How do they change the world? Should yes. I invest in this versus that? And as you start to play the game and you start to see, you know, you start to get context clues and you start to have these different characters kind of analyze the world that you're exploring, you really start to get a sense of what they do for you. And I'll just use visual calculus as, a, as an example in this situation. So I have a pretty high visual calculus. And I got to a part in the game where you're, in, you're investigating this murder, right? And you're trying to figure out what happened to this guy who's hung. And you see some footprint, footprints in the ground. He's got a big dick? He's got a huge <laughs> dick. <laughs> huge dick. So you see these footprints in the ground, and you walk up to them, and you can select them. And because I had a very high visual calculus, my detective started to analyze the footprints, and it allowed me to see to start dissecting the, the crime scene, where I'm like, okay, I can see there's eight footprints here. They lead over there. And you really start to get a sense of you know, the amount of people that were there. And I, I figured out that, okay, there's six set of, sets of footprints um, and they, they went off into this area. And so I then learned that th this body wasn't just hung in the setting of with one guy, it was a group of people. And I thought that that was really cool where you're starting to use clues in the world based, really based on what you want to your character to be. And to kind of just get a feel for it a little bit better, I actually started a second playthrough as a sensitive build, which, you know, I'm not so much, in, uh, you know, um, focused on 
facts and knowledge, you know, like the encyclopedia, right, when I'm the intelligence build. He's just spouting, like if, if a guy I'm talking to is mentions anything that happened, he's like, oh yeah, this, this happened at this time, you know, that's, it's this historical event that, you know, is important to knowing the story. But with my sensitive build, my encyclopedia was like a one. I didn't know fucking shit about anything, <laughs> but what I did know was empathy and authority and something called the esprit de corps, which is basically um, the, the drive to be a good policeman. And when I approached that, those footsteps as that build, I didn't, I didn't even attempt to learn what those footsteps were. But what I did is there was a character next to those footsteps that I talked to and he was able to kind of, I was able to empathize with him a little more and he kind of gave me a little bit of the information that I needed. And so just in that small interaction, I could really tell that this game does a fantastic job with letting you be the type of detective you want to be and the game will adapt around that. You, you can, wow. you know, I know you don't want to be, nobody ever wants to be a racist piece of shit, but you can be a racist piece of shit in this game, you know, or if you want to be a good detective, you can be a good detective. And, um, you know, and this all builds upon, upon one another where, you know, every single character I come across are these interesting, unique characters. I met a guy named Measurehead and he's talking to me and I, I, I can't even tr try to begin to explain him, but he's like so over analytical and, and whatnot. But he's like, he's an important figure that if you talk to him the right way, he will then help you take down the body and let you have access to a different part of the map that you wouldn't have otherwise. I didn't talk to him the right way. I said something that pissed him off and he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm basically shut down now. And so you really kind of need to let go of FOMO with this game too, where you are just going through this and you know, it doesn't hold your hand. It doesn't tell you what's going to give you the good outcome. What's a paragon versus like a, a, I don't know. I don't remember what the bad version of mass effect is, but that's always like the, you know, the prime example for that good versus bad, evil, good mm -hmm. thing. And, um, you know, and it bleeds into, in investigating the world, you know, I found a an obvious like fake door where there's like a pallet against the door and like I'm like, you know, you go up to it and then you interact with it and I have a 72% chance to to get behind that door and and the game is done with a lot of dice rolls so you know depending on the dice roll you know if if you have a 75% chance to open something for instance right if you get like an 8 or higher you're going to open it if you get I'm sorry if you get a 4 or higher you would open it right because 75% of the numbers possible I hope that math makes sense at least I don't think the numbers are right but you know what I'm saying and when I opened that door, it led me into a new like into a character who I wouldn't have been able to see otherwise. And I know I'm getting a little bit long in the tooth here, but if you are able to really slow yourself down and just absorb the world and realize that, yeah, I'm not going to be having any fast kinetic gameplay here, um, you can really find a lot of enjoyment in this game. Um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a guy who loves Hades, right, who loves Near Automata, God of War, these visceral games, but once I told my brain to, like, just chill, investigate everything, talk about everything, talk to every single person, exhaust all their dialogue, I'm really, really enjoying it, and, um, and happy I'm playing it. I, I totally know that this game's not for everybody, um, but if, if that's the kind of game that you enjoy, I, uh, I really highly encourage it. Uh, it goes from incredibly seri serious to incredibly silly. It, it's top-notch voice acting. The music's great, all that kind of stuff. Um, but 
you know, it, it really is uh, a top-tier game. You know, it's by ZA slash UM Games. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't know if it's Zalm or that's how you say it, but this was their first game, and I I'm, will have my eye on their, their shit going forward, man, because they, they have a style, and they executed it perfectly. Um, do you have any, any questions about the game, or is this <laughs> something you want to go back to or, or anything like that, Nick? Uh. Yeah, of course. Uh, if I could get over that, like you said, that initial character build, and yeah. then just, and like you said, letting go, because, you know, like in Fallout, right, you know, when you don't have the character traits, you can't pick certain locks, or you can't hack certain computers and and whatnot, or get the correct care, the dialogue options, and that sucks. Like, I hate that feeling. Feels bad. But, yeah, but if I could do, you know, if I could let that go, yeah, I would want to play this, because my next question is, you know, IGN famously ranked this 10th on the gra- mm-hmm. their 100 ga- greatest games of all time. 10th of all yeah. games. Yeah. Do, is, is that the feeling you're getting while playing this game, that it's that good, like that mm. impactful? No, I, 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 you know, and I still have to see how it lands, you know, how the story comes together, because I have also read a little bit, I'm not trying to spoil myself, but, you know, I was just looking at a, like, a, a quick list of, like, what makes Disco Elysium great, and, like, everybody kept talking about how genuinely amazing the murder mystery is, and how it gets, and I haven't quite got there yet with that, so... It, it, but it's it's hard for me to say that any game that doesn't really have like I play this game literally one-handed, Nick. I, I put the <laughs> controller to the side of me and I just use my thumb to use it to find the next thing I can hit X on and you know with the joystick and I go. And I think that has its place and purpose, but it's not for everybody. So to say it's the tenth greatest game of all time, I wouldn't go that far. To say it has top ten dialogue, yes, absolutely. To say it has top ten voice acting, I'd probably go there. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the whole greatest game, you know, I don't know, man. You got, so, you got <laughs> Super Mario World and, and Half-Life 2 and all that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, it is something special for sure. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see how you feel uh, after exactly. you beat it. So, because the, the story's got to be what gets you to, gets you to that. Yeah. And that like, I, still, I still admittedly, you know, it's not it's not perfect i i think it is still a little slow like and i'm really fighting that you know i'm 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 not super excited every time i boot it up but every time i'm into it i'm i'm back in that world i it's hard to put back down so um you know i hope it i hope that that feeling persists for 25 30 hours i know it's a long one but uh mm-hmm. i uh i'm glad i'm playing it i think it shouldn't be missed if you have access to this game okay wow. yeah all right, well, yeah, yeah, I'll wait to see how you feel, and then if a spot opens up or the wheel decrees it, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, will, I will check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, over the weekend, as I mentioned on last, the last episode, is the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 beta took place. This one was open to all PlayStation users, so I had some free time. It was rainy, so I, I figured I'd download it and check it out. Um, and it was only 25 gigs, John. It was not <laughs> 100 gig downloads, so so there was. Yeah, but p- it's a beta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not too. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Right. Yeah, I'm curious as to what the the real game will be, yeah. but uh, but uh, yeah, I just had some thoughts again. 
this is coming from someone whose last game they played was the Modern Warfare 1 beta. So, you know, take mm-hmm. my thoughts on the franchise and this game with the grain, that, that perspective, because I have not played Call of Duty regularly since Modern Warfare 3. So, so just getting that out there, my, my history with it. But uh, it, it felt really good. It, it loads really fast. The game is tight to control. Um, it feels great on the dual sense, you know, the, the trigger pulls and all that. Um, I played probably one match in every mode. Uh, the first one I played was Invasion. It was like a 16 v 16 in this uh, desert city, and it was it was crazy. It was just explosions everywhere. I was playing with my Pulse headset. Um, you know, everyone's uh, kill streaks were going off. It was uh, it was. It was fun, like, you know, just felt really good. And um, then I checked out a few of the other modes. They kind of have like a, a bomb planting mode and a hostage rescue mode. And those were those were fine. The maps were good. Uh, the maps are very vertical, which I appreciate. There's a lot of windows. There's a lot of rooftops you can be on. Um, so it, it kind of like varies the gameplay up. There's not like certain choke points or anything. There's just, there's a lot of places you can go. And then this one also has a third per, uh, third person mode in which you can just play the game in third person. So some of the modes you just you're, the camera's <laughs> back and <laughs> right right after I tell you how awesome Capcom is for like integrating a third person perspective shift. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just a different way to play the game. It feels more of like a, the third person shooters. You know, the kind of uh, point to a PlayStation franchise like SOCOM, um, and that felt good too. So it. You know, if, if you checked it out, you probably liked it a lot. And, you know, it's going to be the big game of this month, as we just talked about. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, John, if, you, if you're if you forced to play it, you know, it feels great. You know, you won't. That's, that's good. I, do you, is there any single thing that you can say they have progressed in the series since <laughs> your time with Modern Warfare? No. Okay. No, okay. I mean, there's a, there's a lot more customization, you know, like, right. but this has been the previous title. This is not new to this one. Like, you know, every gun has all the, the billion attachments. There's a billion ways to customize not only your, your profile, like in those older games, but your guns and all that. You can have little, like, keychains hanging off. So, mm-hmm. um this is a lot there, but again, as we've talked about with our when we did our big Call of Duty on PlayStation discussion, um, this franchise is is does not move the needle forward. It's just the same thing every year. Now it's just prettier. You know? you know what you know what franchise video game franchise I think is almost most similar to Call of Duty, Nick. Hmm. Pokemon. <laughs> I feel like these two series. Because they sell so well, because they don't need to innovate, they just put out the same thing year after year. And I just really wonder, you know, is is that an is that a strategy that will work in perpetuity, or is it going to come to a point where they need to shift the franchise? And I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I just, you know, I look at Pokemon though, and I saw the reception of Arceus, Arceus, however you say that, earlier this year, and it really felt like. That's what the Pokemon fans wanted. And it, and it took the company taking a risk and doing something different. And they're still putting out the core game this year. I just would love to see Infinity Ward, Treyarch, Sledgehammer, who the fuck ever, put out a game that really shakes it up. And, um, you know, and they, they don't need to because they sell every year so, so, so much. But, uh, 
you know, I, I'm happy to hear that it feels good, and I, I'm sure it does. I, I think Call of Duty, for some flack that they get, they have the perfect formula when it comes to first-person shootings, how I think it should feel. Um, and it's nice to hear that it's vertical a little bit, and it's not just kind of, you know, uh, on the ground. But I don't know. I, you know, I, I just... Every time I pick one of those up, it's always like, okay, well, the first thing I have to do is I have to learn the maps. Where are the choke points? Okay, all right, I know that <laughs> stuff now. And then, and it, you're inevitably going to be uh, angry playing it when you have a bad match. But, um, you know, I, I think I think that, uh, you know, at least the people out there who want to play it, you won't be dis- disappointed, I guess, at least. But. It is the, the meat and potatoes game as you described mm-hmm. Far Cry 6 so mm-hmm. and I and I know like if we knew the answer to this we'd be rich but I don't know how they make this better you know when you're when your game is based on real warfare and yeah. it's a first person shooter uh, you're not going to have a portal gun or you, you know your gameplay limitations <laughs> are there so um yeah, I don't know. You just got to make it. It just got to feel good. I think it needs to load fast, and it needs to look very pretty and and feel good to play. And you know, people yeah. Overcome. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think you change the core game. I think you do approach it like again with Pokemon Arceus. We're like, look, we're gonna have. You know, I don't know if Pokemon is now going to have like because it's Pokemon Legends Arceus right now. So do they have a Legends franchise and then the core franchise that are going separately, you know, parallel mm-hmm. to one another? And I think Call of Duty could do the same type of thing. You have your core game, then maybe we have our, you know, what would call it? You know, we have our game that's just focused on I don't know tactics, or now we have our Call of Duty game that is a standalone single player when we have the multiplayer mm-hmm. vertical going here. And I don't know, just play around with the releases of these games, but I don't know if they can do that without drastically leveling up their, their amount of developers they have there because obviously it's it's three full teams, sometimes four, just to get these, these coming out every year. So right. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if they want to do it. Um, but you know, it's more Call of Duty. It's going to be good. So yeah, that, hurrah! That's a good point. Like uh, kind of like the Forza Horizon versus you know Forza, Forza Motorsport method of exactly kind of having two different franchises. One being the ultra serious based in reality, and then maybe a a the, a spinoff series that does something different. That's that's an interesting idea. You I know, think and they that, do have that would be fun. Yeah, and you know they've already kind of experimented a little bit with Warzone and. You know, that's a different thing, but um, just something that's not, doesn't look like, something that when I look at the screen, I can't immediately go, yep, Call of Duty. Like, <laughs> anybody can do that, so I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. That's, that's a good point, but yeah. not this game. This will be more of the same, so. Gotcha. All right, moving on. All right. This is my favorite thing that's happened in the last week. Um, <laughs> on... Uh, September 26th, which, uh, you know, the diehards out there will know that is actually Last of Us Day, which I didn't know. I, I don't think, Nick, I don't think you or I really aware, were aware that it was coming. If we were, maybe we could have expected this. But we right. were treated with a official first trailer. I'm going to call it a trailer, even though they call it a teaser, because this was, you know, meant of pure fucking awesomeness. They gave us our official trailer for The Last of Us, and oh boy, do I think it looks good. Uh, what was your impressions on it, Nick, when you first saw it? 
Yeah, it's uh, it gave me goosebumps. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't. What's the song? What's the artist that? Hank Williams. Yes, Hank Williams. Thank you. That that's playing over this, and uh, you know, just all the iconic shots, and just you know, again, we talk about attention to detail in video games, like the attention to detail in this show, and the sets and the shots, and oh my god, and then you know the that brief second we get to see of a clicker, and you're just uh-huh. like. You like like we mentioned before when they did that slight little clip of all their shows coming to HBO, like they're behind this a lot. Like they are putting a lot of effort into this, and it shows, mm-hmm. and it looks fucking amazing. I'm excited. Any any time that HBO identifies what their flagship show is, you know, think Game of Thrones, Sopranos, um, Six Feet Under. Um, I'm not sure what the big one was before Game of Thrones, but these are huge shows. And I, I cannot think of a better, like when I had the, the vision in my mind of what this show would look like and be, I, they, they nailed it, man. It's, it's everything mm-hmm. that I could have wanted. You know, when I think of this trailer, you know, they show a lot of, like Nick said, the famous set pieces from the game and like that, those two buildings, right, that are kind of leaning on one another and like torn down in the city. When they showed that with like the lightning flashing behind it, it looks perfect. The casting looks great. I, I think the one thing that, you know, people are talking about is like, oh, well, Ellie doesn't look like Ellie. You know, big fucking deal, right? If right. Bella Ramsey is able to pull off that performance and capture the spirit of Ellie, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, uh, I cannot wait. They didn't give us an official date of the show yet. All we still see is 2023. Um, but... All the pieces are in place, you know. The fact that Neil Druckmann is obviously intimately involved, he's not going to let the reputation of The Last of Us, whether you like the second one or not, you know, be tarnished and, and put out a less than perfect, um, you know, type of type of media representation of it. Uh, I think Pedro Pascal, you know, he looks he looks good as Joel. You know, it's kind of funny. He's, it seems like he's making a career out of just being the most badass babysitter of all time between <laughs> between this and Mando. Mando. So you know. More of that is great. Um, you know, it's got Nick Offerman in it, which if you're a Parks and Rec fan, you're going to, you know, really be happy about that. You know, he's our famous Ron Swanson. And they're actually including several people from the game into it as well. You know, obviously Ashley, who played Ellie, and Troy, who played Joel, are in it. But um, the actress who played Tess in the video game is Tess in the show. Um, you have Craig Mazin, who was the writer behind the fantastic Chernobyl series that came out a couple years ago, which, in my opinion, is one of the greatest miniseries of all time. It's absolutely amazing. So I, uh, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be more hyped. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this show is going to be that next water cooler type show at, um, at work or at, you know, when you, when you talk to your friends, I think people are going to be really absorbed in it. And as a video game fan, who's been a fan of this franchise for nine years, uh, let's fucking go, baby. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm excited. This will, I think, I think we, we agree on that this, when this show is airing, it'll be the permanent sixth thing on this show yes. <laughs> that we will talk and discuss every episode. And I imagine that first episode is gonna be some, some as you, anyone who's played the first game or you know is playing The Last of Us Part One right now, mm-hmm. uh, knows that the <laughs> the first hour of that game is oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you right now, and and spoilers if you have not played the first Last of Us, you really should have at this point. But you know, skip ahead 30 seconds if you want, Nick. 
does the first episode end with Joel's daughter dying or seeing Ellie? Where, where does it end? Uh, I would bet that it's her, the daughter dying. Okay. Um, because I talked yeah. to Jeff about it too, and he, you know, he kind of had a good point where it's like, you know, that up to that point in the game, it's, it's, I don't know, two percent of the total game. So it would be kind of interesting if they really spent the time developing the situation at hand and made that whole first episode. Or does that happen like halfway through, and then, you know, you finally meet Ellie or something like that? I don't know, but. Uh, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how much they really flesh right. out flesh out that first game. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna get more of Joel's life before everything goes crazy. So that's why I think like the first, you know, well, the, there'll be tension, right? Like as as people who know what happened, and just in people in general, you know, they're gonna know that something's gonna happen. You mm-hmm. know, that, that's, that's gonna change the world. And I think that the first episode episode's gonna just you know, just sit on that tension and just kind of, you know, slowly get it. And then, you know, when night falls and you're just going to be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. here it comes. (laughs) Um, I think, Um, I think, I think they're going to build on it. And then that, that the last 20 minutes of that episode, I think, I don't know if I'm assuming it's an hour long show. Um, Gotta be like our 50 minutes, like all the other uh, HBO shows. So um, I I imagine the last 20 minutes of that are just going to be the most, craziest thing you've ever seen you know i yeah i just got uh got so excited just talking about here man like you know i I know you love you know you love your shows your marvel shows and all that stuff and and that's all you know all that stuff's great but i cannot remember being this excited for (laughs) a like ready day one when it like counting down the first day when something airs it's been a long long time probably Mm -hmm. since breaking bad or maybe game of thrones but i wasn't i'll be honest like I, i love Game of Thrones, but I don't love it as a lot as much as a lot of people do. do. So uh, I think uh, I, I don't know, man. I just oof, I just can't fucking wait. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That's all I got with with. That's all I got to say about that. As somebody <laughs> somebody famous once said. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Next year, man. Yep. Sometime, hopefully early. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. Well, April. I'm going to guess April because that's usually when Game of Thrones airs. That's the big HBO show. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. So, yep. all right. Moving on. Um, let's get back into more games that I've been playing. I just quick update on Chicory, A Colorful Tale. I beat it. I loved it. It's very fun. It is still an uh, indie game based in nostalgia, so I didn't like it that much. But <laughs> it is a very good game, as we discussed. And uh, if John beats it, uh, we maybe have a final thoughts on the overall game, but just wanted to put that out there that I beat it. So that means I moved on to Spirit Fair. Uh, this is from Thunder Lotus Games. This was released all the way back in August 18th of 2020, but it is now on the PlayStation Plus Extra tier. It is currently sitting at a 87 on Open Critic. And the first thing that you see about this game after you install it is the description is a cozy management game about dying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's uh, that's uh, that's set your expectations. Um, and the game is about you taking over, uh, you know. Uh, you know, taking the spirits that have died into the afterlife. Uh, you replace, is it Charon? Charon? Karen? Uh, Car- I think it's Karen, yeah. 
because he was in Hades too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, C H A R O N, but I, I believe it's Karen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So your your name is Stella, and you're taking over the place, uh, the the job of Karen, as for ferrying people into the afterlife, and you do that by basically it's a cruise ship simulator. Uh, these spirits come on your boat, uh, and then you have to accommodate them, cook for them, um, you know. Any give them give them hugs. Yep. <laughs> any requests that they have. Uh, yeah, and the game is very adorable. The art style on this is incredible. The animation is incredible. I cannot get enough of shearing sheep. That animation <laughs> is just incredibly <laughs> incredible. And uh, the another cool thing is that all the spirits you get on, they're they're normal spirits when you go to pick them up, but once they get on your boat, they transform into animals. And that is one of the more exciting parts of the game is like, what animal are they gonna be? You kind of see their silhouettes when they're in this spirit form. Uh, but when they get on the boat and then they transform and then the one guy, uh, he transformed into a giant frog. I was like, oh, he's a frog, oh my God, he's huge. I really, I really love that part of the game. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh. So it, it is fun. Uh, you pilot your ship around. There's kind of a world map, and you kind of set your course. And then when, while you're waiting, you can, you know, fish off your boat and, you know, take care of your passengers, build new buildings. There's a lot of resource management, a lot of converting, like I said, the wool from a sheep into thread and converting that thread into another material. And you do that with, with wood, with stones, and so on and so forth. Um, there's a lot of cool world events, like uh, when I got that frog on my ship and we went into a lightning storm. I'm sure you did this, John. And yep. he's like, oh, you can catch lightning in a bottle. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's do that. And so he starts playing on his little flute and then lightning starts hitting and you're doing like, uh, kind of like lifting the bottle above your head as a big blast of lightning hits it. It's, it's just great. It's a cool moment. You know, it's a storm all around you. Um, it's it's a really good game and a nice palate cleanser. It's very different. Like I, I, I like mixing in simulation games probably once every year. It seems like yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of them out there, like a Jurassic World Evolution or uh, Two Point Hospital, but uh, this is an incredible version of that. Um, everything about it is just so charming. Um, and then you know helping these 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 spirits, these animals, um, kind of cope with dying and. Uh, the all the things that they're going to leave behind, you know, all the people and whatnot. It's just a very uh, endearing game. I, I have not, I can't say a bad thing about it. I haven't completed it yet. I'm about ten hours in, um, but uh, I know you played some, John. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your What are your thoughts? There's um, you know, there's a podcaster uh, that I really really like. I, I don't even know if I consider him a podcaster. He's part of the Easy Allies group. So his name is Michael Huber. And he always talks about vibes and the vibes and the things that games put out. And this game has the, you know, like you said, the coziest vibe, man. Like when you are on your ship and you are, you know, you have these adorable spirit animal things telling you what they like to eat and then it's your mission to go make sure you can cook that for them and then they get so happy when you give it to them and you know you see the smile on their face and I, I correct me if I'm wrong but I think like little smiley thought bubbles pop up around their yeah. head and then and then they want to you know and then you kind of give it to them and then like you walk away and you're like hey do you want a hug and they're like yeah give me a hug and then you hug them and they're like <laughs> and they're just like so happy for that it's just you know it's 
we live in a dark, dreary world, man. I don't know if you know you know that or not, but you know it seems like every time you turn on the news or you know you you look at your phone, and something shitty's going on. And and to play a game like this, where you know you're just you're you get your blanket, get a cup of coffee, and just get cozy, and you're you're taking care of these animals. It's really, really. Um, it's a it's a good it's a wonderful experience and you know the the sim management stuff is it's like it's not too overbearing mm -hmm. i loved like organizing my boat it reminded me a lot of like um I don't know about you, but like in like Resident Evil 4, for instance, I for some reason just loved the inventory <laughs> management system where you're kind of like, you know, snapping things into a grid and maximizing your space. This is very much the same way where, and it's very easy to move things around, you know, it's not, it's not tedious to have to rearrange things or whatever, you know, but if you get a, a new type of building you can build and your ship's not big enough, you can go make your ship a little bigger and, mm -hmm. and tweak things here and there and things snap very easily, your character moves around your boat very easily and um yeah it's just it's it's a wonderful wonderful little indie game um that i'm sure a lot of people will miss will would miss but shouldn't yeah i i agree you know i haven't finished it yet so i'll i'll save my final thoughts but i imagine not much is going to change <laughs> you know my ship's just going to no. get bigger and bigger and i'll just get more and more uh elaborate request but uh yeah a fantastic, a fantastic <laughs> and then you game. Join, join satan and then you have to <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry bad joke i, I have nothing else <laughs> yeah i did i did meet hades so he, oh you did yeah so, so there okay. might be so there might be more to this the overall plot so it can get heavy it can get it can get a little heavy but. so but and, and he was a kind of an ominous figure but we'll we'll see where this goes so Cool. But so far, so good. And I think, again, we'll agree on, John, that PlayStation Plus Extra is pretty fucking dope. It's really good, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I don't have any reason to ever buy a game ever again, even though I just bought <laughs> Cuphead like three days ago. But, you know, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Maybe watch Cuphead be the. I <laughs> I had that. You, you shut your mouth. That, is, that will not be the thing on this podcast that comes to life. It's gonna happen eventually. Eventually, one of us are gonna buy a game and it's gonna be on there. But no, they need to get their money. They deserve their money. They only sold that DLC for seven ninety nine, and God knows how much time and effort went into it. So no, no freebies with Cuphead. Everybody buy it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, we're in agreement that the the value is just insane. Even I've probably played what maybe one percent, two percent of the games on there, oh, and, yeah. and it's already just worth it. Because again, I think, you know, would would I take a chance on Spirit Fair and Chicory had I not been subscribed mm -hmm. to this? Would I have paid money for them? Maybe, but you know, like in this tier, it's like why not? I'll just try it. If I don't like it, who cares? No money lost, you know. And so, you found two games that you love, so sweet. Yeah, yeah, keeps uh, keeps on giving. So, all right, that is Boom. my piece on Spirit Fair. Another six things in the book. Whoop. Yes, we did it again. Are um, you buying me a car for our sweet sixteen? <laughs> no, Shit. no, all no. Right. You buy your own car. Get a part-time job, you loser. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dad. <laughs> All right. So the song we're leaving, on, leaving you on is from Chicory. Chicory has an amazing soundtrack by Lena Rain. Uh, this one is called The Mountaintop. It has it's sung by Emmy, Emmy Evan, Evans, E-M-I, Emmy. I'm going to go Emmy. 
Emmy Emmy Evans. She's she, she thinks sings. she's cool and spells things different ways. <laughs> she <laughs> sings over the song. This plays over the end credits. I thought it was a great song. So let our listeners listen to it. Um, do we have any of the tease for next week? I, I'm assuming these PlayStation Plus extra games will be announced then. Yeah, I well, I obviously plan on getting much deeper into Disco. Uh, I did buy Cuphead and his DLC the other day. I beat it on mm-hmm. Switch, but um, I just like that game so much, and it would be an awesome platinum to put in my feather cap if I can ever get there. I don't know if I have the skills. Uh, we'll see, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll be playing much else besides that until you know, until uh, until God of War, maybe, man. I don't know. Oh, we'll see. Uh, it's it's looming. It's coming. <laughs> it is coming. Yeah, and uh, we'll be collecting our digital telescopes because PlayStation yeah. Stars will be out. And so we'll have thoughts on that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I plan on beating Spirit Fair, and then I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to find something. Well, so. you either got to wheel it, or I think you got to or play something scary. Yes, that's true. I do want to play some horror games, so if the extra tier doesn't do it for me, I'll I'll have to look to the store and maybe buy a game here to get my get my spooky in. Yes, Resident Evil (laughs) Two. So we'll see. All right, everyone, enjoy the song, and we will be back next week with six more things. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Standing on the mountain top, the world looks very small. They're watching me, but they can't see how scared I am at all. Standing on the mountain top, the world looks very small. They're watching me, but they can't see how scared I am at all.
where they can see I can't do it alone It's hard to know where I should go when all those I love are down there 